G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Uh, If you've been around church for a while, you'll be familiar with the amazing analogy about how the church should function. Well, the Apostle Paul likens the body of Christ to the attributes of the physical body, and you can read all about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Well, each part has a role in helping the whole body function. It's an enjoyable exercise thinking through some of the concepts like, now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body. So God places the variety of parts in the body with different functions together as one body. Our job might be to find out what part we play and to help the overall body function effectively. So when one part hurts, we all hurt. And if we're able to work together, not against each other, it should look and function gracefully. Well, today I focus on one part of the body the Apostle Paul does not mention. And I did say we might be taking a little bit of license today to discuss how we might avoid being the backside in the body of Christ. And to talk through these sorts of issues today, Stu Miller, the founder of Train to Proclaim, is back with us. Hello, Stu. A special welcome back. Hi, Neil. How are you doing? Good. Look, it's an interesting conversation we're going to have today, and yes. uh, we're going to talk about how to avoid being the backside in the body of Christ. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to take a little bit of a lighthearted look at that, and uh, listeners might like to contribute uh, however way you think uh, you can make a contribution here. But I do want to say welcome back, because you've mm. just come back from India. That's correct. Give yes. us a little insight into what you're doing in India. Oh, it was an amazing time. Went uh, to quite a few places. We've uh, I've got a, a, a train to proclaim worker in India that's running seminars with pastors and leaders over there, teaching them how to use the G7, uh, the app for those who have the smartphones. But we've got a manual version as well that he trains with. And so, uh, yeah. Uh, we've just, with the app, developed a number of different languages. We've got it in Telugu, um, a, Gujarati is about to come out. Uh, we've got Hindi and Tamil away as well, which pretty much will cover the whole of uh, whole of India, which is fantastic. And uh, yeah, so we, we were out there promoting the the uh, the G7 app and uh, running some training events with um, pastors and leaders and people who are going uh, on missions uh, around. India, so that was exciting. What an incredibly uh, amazing piece of good news that is. And because, you know, here in Australia, we're up to about 24 million people, and Mm -hmm. uh, the G7 app and lots of Aussies and people in uh, your home country in New Zealand have downloaded the G7 app, but now... 1.3 billion people, as I understand it, in India, and you've got the G7 Mm -hmm. app in the languages that will cover a very large lion's share of the population. I 
just predict from this time you'll be spending a fair bit more time in India coming. I'm going again in January and then again in April. <laughs> okay. Wow. It's well, just exploding over there, Neil. It was an amazing time. It was far above expectations. God did some incredible things. And as the founder of Train to Proclaim, what sort mm. of response were you getting from those Indian audiences? And no doubt there'd be church leaders and people like that who, who you've been speaking to. Mm. Uh, how excited are they about having a G7 app? Yeah, well, they're very excited about having it in their own language because I, I've been into India a number of times and only ever trained. I, I speak English, so I've got to translate it to translate. And then they've got tools in their own language, but it's a, a paper version. But now that they've got the app, it's so easy to get up and running because it's read and tap. And, of course, I can train people so much quicker in, in the West here, but they can do, now do the same. They don't need to, you know, basically just got to facilitate a course on how to use the app and, and they can get huge numbers of people up and running to share the gospel. So very exciting. Okay. Are there any other nations uh, on your horizon that you're looking towards, uh, different language groups, uh, all sorts of expansions here? Uh, well, we've got Spanish under development. Uh, Chinese is actually already translated. We've just got to put it into the app. So that's going to be two big chunks of the world. Spanish and Chinese are huge. Um, uh, yeah, as far as ministry goes, I'm, I'm about to leave for New Zealand in five days and going to be there for three months. So I'm, I'm completely booked out uh, running evangelism seminars over there. So it's going to be a, a fantastic time again there. So, Well, our privilege today to have Stu Miller in the studio with us. And we'll be taking calls. And we've been talking fairly frequently uh, mm. for the past 10 years or so. We always have some fabulous conversations. And uh, so when we get to one like we're going to have today, uh, I remember uh, just before you left the studio last time and we said, oh, what will we talk about next time? And we sort of got a bit of a general idea and uh, and we had a bit of a laugh and we said, well, uh, why don't we have a discussion around the idea of how to avoid being the backside That's in the right. body of Christ? And uh, we had a bit of a laugh in the studio. And uh, this this is a very interesting, and there's a fun element in talking about that. Mm. Uh, there's also a very serious element, but, uh, sure. you know, when we talk about this, uh, what comes to mind for you when we discuss the idea of avoiding being the backside? Well, I sort of think in First Corinthians 12 where, where Paul uh, names some of the parts of the body that he mentions, they're all very useful. An eye, you know, how... How useful is your eyes to see? If you don't have your eyes, they're only a tiny little part of the body, but they're so important to, to getting the body around and to being productive. Uh, your ears, if you can't hear, how important are your ears? You know, <laughs> your, your foot, if you don't have a foot and you can't walk anywhere or an arm or you can't do something. Uh, but yeah, certainly wouldn't want to be the backside on the body. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, it's not hard, is it, to identify what the head is. Mm. Uh, Jesus, the head. Uh, yes. So when we talk about the body of Christ, it's yes. uh, this is where we get this idea that, uh, you know, we're the hands and feet of Jesus. So That's we start right. to talk about body parts and uh, yep. we all recognize where we start mm. to fit in. Uh, but Jesus being the head, uh, uh, the thinking, the direction comes from the head, doesn't it? Absolutely, and and the body follows what the the, the brain tells it, what the head tells it, uh, or we're supposed to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that that's a, I think the, the bit of the tongue in cheek about the backside is that you know we want to actually be the arms and legs of Jesus out in the world, uh, bringing the good news to people, uh, seeing people come to Christ, seeing them come into His kingdom, being a part of God's great rescue plan for the world, which is an amazing privilege, an amazing responsibility. Uh, but if we don't take that up, if we don't take the direction from the head and do what we're supposed to do, we're 
effectively a backside, aren't we? <laughs> okay. We're sitting around. Uh, it's one thing to say hands, uh, like arms and legs, as you said, but hands sure. and feet, mm. uh, something you know that you get your mind around. The mm. idea if uh, you're trying to clap but only one hand is clapping. Mm. Uh, there's a coordination issue in all of this too. If we talk right. about uh, yep. the body of Christ and how to avoid being the backside uh, and where do you fit, what part might mm. you be, the idea of being coordinated and having two hands that clap in unison, that's got to be something uh, that we've got to talk about too because, mm. as I mentioned in the introduction there, if the body doesn't function together, it doesn't look particularly graceful. No. Uh, so, uh, so this whole thing comes around to the image and what the church looks like and how the church functions effectively. Mm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that Usain Bolt doesn't decide one day that he's going to run the 100 metre just on one foot and, uh, and try to hop it and win it. <laughs> Right. He needs the other one to, to working in, in unison and uh, to make the the ground that he needs to to win the race, and uh, we do too as the church. I mean, we've got to be working together, and I think it's a fantastic thing that we've got diversity in the church, and we've all got different gifts that God's given us. We're wired differently, we think differently. We've got a lot. Everyone's got something to offer, Neil. And I think you know sometimes people you know look at pastors or people up on stage and they go, oh yeah, they're the ones doing the work of the ministry. Oh, I'm just working away, you know, I'm not really part of it. We're all called to be a part of it. We all have something to offer and a value that we can contribute. And uh, it's about keeping your eyes on the goal, I think, and knowing what are we all working together for. And once we know that and we've got, we've got the eyes on the goal, we can use our gifts and our abilities to be a part of it. And uh, those instructions for moving forward are coming from the head. That's right. Uh, who is Christ. Uh, there is a Facebook question that you can respond to today, uh, facebook.com forward slash vision radio. And the question looks a little bit like this. Paul likens the body of Christ to the attributes of the physical body. Feet, eyes and ears are mentioned. So how might you avoid being the backside in the body? And uh, there's a little sort of uh, cartoonish type image up as well that says, uh, I want to be so full of Christ that if a mosquito bites me, it flies away singing, there's power in the blood. <laughs> All right, so uh, so there's lots of dimensions to being a part of the body of Christ. And one of those sure. is that, uh, you know, the blood flows through the body. And uh, we want that blood to be yeah. reflective of being filled with the presence of Christ. So mm. there's, there's so many dimensions in all of this. Uh, let's talk about the backside because, you know, if we can be a little bit... Uh, uh, free talking about this. Sure. Uh, th- there's an old expression, you know, sometimes you need a kick up the backside. Yep. Uh, for those who might not be doing what they're supposed to do. I mean, this yeah. might be a part of our conversation today. What are your thoughts about about uh, that sort of expression. Well, maybe you and I are to be feet today, um, <laughs> Neil. Uh, you know, because I think um, if if we are just sitting around, and, and it worries me, I think, you know, that, that there are many Christians that are inactive in being part of the Great Commission, being part of sharing their faith. They sort of just go through life, you know, go along to church, they sing three fast songs and two slow songs, they put their money in the pot, they do that for 40 years, and they think, I'm just waiting to die and go to heaven. We, that, that cannot be us. That, that, that is being the backside. We've got to get off our backside and do something for, for Christ. Use the gifts and the abilities and the talents. We want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. We want to be a part of what God's doing. 
and so, yeah, I think sometimes we need a foot up, a, a foot up the backside to uh, get us going sometimes. And, and maybe this, this show, uh, if someone's listening today, it, it'll be a, a challenge and an encouragement for you. <laughs> you know, this uh, conversation could go all over the place. Uh, sure. We'll try and keep it uh, in a particular direction here. Another expression, uh, someone needs a paddle around the backside, that idea of discipline. Mm. Uh, discipline, you know, God disciplines his children. I That's mean, right. there's a certain sense in which, uh, you know, there's a certain sense in which sometimes the paddle may be necessary. And I know people are, are divided on uh, disciplining children, or at least uh, over the issue of punishment. Uh, we can all agree that our children need discipline, how that sure. happens. But sometimes that old expression of a paddle around the backside, uh, there's a certain sense in which, uh, you know, spare the rod and spoil the child is a biblical foundation. And there's a mm. sense in which, you know, maybe the backside is is in need of a paddle from time to time. Absolutely, and and we know that God's a God of love and of grace and mercy, but also he says that he disciplines those he loves. So it's a sign of his love to give us a, a kick up the backside every now and then and say, come on, Stuart, you know, you've got to, you've got to get going. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I, I certainly feel the discipline of the Lord from time to time, uh, as well as his encouragement, um, as uh, many of you I'm sure do too. Uh, the backside has many functions. Uh, this is where we say we'll keep this uh, a little bit uh, contained. But uh, the idea of sitting around, mm. uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, the ones that sort of go through the motions uh, mm. for their whole life. Uh, there is a certain sense, isn't there, that need the need to be stirred up and mm. uh, even pushed out of the nest, as uh, another sure. uh, illustration goes, uh, but somehow rather being prepared to mm. move and be up off our backside when mm-hmm. the time comes when there's a you know sometimes we might even and we can enlarge on some of these as Mm. we go through our conversation but when you're called to do something or Mm. when you are the person who has the gift that's needed and you decide to stand off and not become involved Mm. uh, there's a certain Mm. sense that sitting around is not the most acceptable thing to do no, I think we've only got so many opportunities in this life. We've only got so much time to live, and none of us know how, how long that's going to be. And we never get a second chance at this life. This is it. This is the real thing. It's not a dress rehearsal. We've got one chance at life. We've got to make this count. I mean, my favorite verse in the Scriptures, Neil, is Second uh, Corinthians 4, verse 18. Uh, and it says, you know, For I fix my eyes not on what is seen, but that which is unseen. For that which is seen is temporary, but that which is unseen is eternal. And I think we've got to keep our eyes on the eternal and on the prize and on the goal, because if we take our eyes on that, we off, off that, we can get diverted into all sorts of things and we can end up putting our energy and our time into things that really don't don't matter for all of eternity. I don't want to get to the end of my life when I'm 80 years old and sort of look back and go, oh man, I wish I did something for the kingdom of God. I wish I did something of importance that's going to matter for all of eternity. I wish I'd invested in souls. I've invested in, in getting the gospel out into the world, you know, being a part of God's rescue plan for the world. What, what was I doing just, you know, going through life? I mean, I'm sure we all do good things with our life, but uh, I don't want to have that regret. I want to Grab life by the, the 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 scruff of the neck is another another part of the body and uh, and go for it and do everything I can to serve God in this life. A biblical perspective on life, culture, and current events. This is twenty twenty on Vision Christian Radio.
Stu Miller with me in the studio and we're talking through a significant conversation today and a little light-hearted way we're taking a look at it. I guess there's a serious streak to it, uh, but we're taking that little bit of license to discuss how we might avoid being the backside in the body of Christ. Uh, Stu, uh, when we look at look at that Bible passage, uh, mm-hmm. there's uh, some reference in there to the more modest parts of the body. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure whether the backside uh, qualifies as a modest part. <laughs> I, su- I suppose, <laughs> depending on how you look at that, it uh, it probably does. Uh, when I'm thinking of the modest parts, I'm thinking of uh, there's a little illustration that says, uh, you know, if you were a thumb. How would you write without the rest of the fingers? Uh, sure. There's a certain sense in which, you know, smaller body parts or uh, those ones that have particularly unique gifts, uh, they sort of qualify here, don't they? Mm, absolutely. Sometimes we, we think of the big things, the arms, the legs, uh, you know, the big parts, but they're, they're made up of a whole lot of different parts without without all your fingers or your thumb. Thumbs particularly are very important. We, we know in the Bible that, uh, you know, some kings were captured and they, they had their thumbs and their toes cut off and you sort of wonder why but it's pretty hard to walk without toes and it's uh, pretty hard to do almost anything with your hands without a thumb because the thumb you know grabs things you know that along with the fingers so uh, something so so small yet so important uh, and yeah, again, if if you're listening today and you sort of think, oh, yeah, but I'm I'm not a a big wig in the in the church. I'm not you know anyone special. What have I got to offer? You might be a thumb. You might look like you're insignificant, but play could play an you know very very important part in what God's doing in your community and reaching your community. As we talk about this, uh, things come to my mind that I hadn't ever considered before. Sometimes Mm. we talk about these parts of the body, the body of Christ, and we talk about arms and legs and hands and feet and thumbs and fingers and various things. Mm -hmm. These are the visible parts of the Mm. body, but there are lots of invisible parts of the body. And uh, when I'm not talking about parts that get covered up with clothing, but, uh, you know, the internal parts, the liver, the kidneys, uh, uh, the stomach. Stomach, the heart. I mean, all of these sorts of things are, they're happening behind the scenes. And what is looking healthy on the outside actually depends on how healthy those things are on the inside. Yeah. They're not called vital organs for, for nothing, are they? That's right. <laughs> they're vital. <laughs> you, t- you take out your, your liver and uh, see how long you survive for. It's, uh, it's not long. Uh, take out your heart, it's even less. Uh, so very, very important parts of the body. And again, it's not always the people who are seen. Uh, those people praying in their prayer closets are not seen, but they are a vital part of the, the body of Christ. There's so many things that people do behind the scenes that can make make or break, uh, you know, mission trips or, you know, uh, mission uh, reaching out into our community in many ways. Um, yeah, people who are financing things, you know, that, that, that people don't even know about. A lot of people are doing things that in the body of Christ that, that are not seen but are very, very important, just like those vital organs. Yes, well, uh, vital organs, as you say. And for that person who says, well, I don't have a lot of capacity to be up the front, mm. and uh, for that person who might even be, you know, restricted, uh, shut into their home, and maybe it's because of a physical disability or sure. some ways that they're not able to be so prominent, but mm. they may well be a giant in the prayer closet, That's right. a warrior in the mm. army of the Lord, mm. be- 
because they are able to bring things before God, mm. they can seek the face of God and they play a vital role as a mm. part of the body of Christ. And mm. you know what? Nobody's seeing them. They're one of those modest uh, parts of the body. And as Paul says about those modest, modest parts, uh, those ones actually deserve extra Honor. There's a mm. certain sense in which, uh, you know, those who mm. are covered up, those who are behind the scenes, uh, deserving of extra honor. Sure, sure, absolutely. I mean, I, I know with my ministry that, uh, you know, well, it's God's ministry, but you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I cannot do that without people praying for, for me and our family, and I cannot do it without people financially supporting us to keep us on the road. And so there's people that are, that are a vital part, and you know we're partnering together to make this happen, and it's, and it's lit, I literally could not do it without those people. So, um, But I'm the one that's out there and sort of get the honour and, oh, good on you, Stu, you know, doing this, but it, these people are just as important in what they're doing. And so, yeah, I would encourage everyone, you've got something to offer, you can you can invest in the kingdom of God and and uh, go for it while we've got the chance. Uh, let me put you on the spot here, Stuart sure. Miller. Uh, you're an evangelist. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some obvious things that listeners will identify, and uh, you know, with train to proclaim and the passions of your life, it's it's obvious that you are an evangelist. That's mm-hmm. your sort of role, your gift sure. in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, but probably a young Stuart Miller might not have realized that you had that passion and that gifting and that capacity to be the person up front and uh, training and raising up other evangelists. Uh, take sure. us back to perhaps was there a calling? Uh, what was it? Did somebody identify something in you that that you needed to uh, you know have identified so that it would actually affirm you in your role in the body? How did that happen for you in early days? Well, I, I gave my life to Christ when I was 11, so it was quite early, but I, I was in a non-Christian home. So uh, two of my brothers also gave their life to Christ, which was excellent, you know, um, and the support. I was good friends with a, someone who gave their life to Christ at about similar time to me, and so we became best mates. And uh, we both got uh, filled with the Spirit and when we were 13. And for me, I mean, I didn't, it seemed to receive any gifts, but I just had a burning passion to tell other people about Jesus. So I started doing it, and so did he. And we, you know, right through high school, while other other Christians were sort of hiding and not revealing that they were a Christian to anyone for fear of being persecuted, we just thought, you know what, we're going to go for it. <laughs> We've got one chance at high school. We're all these people the same age as us, you know, we're not going to ever get this chance again. And we just went for it and started sharing the gospel. And, and uh, initially we got a lot of hassle, a lot of flack from, uh, from others. You know, kids can be cruel. <laughs> yeah. But... Eventually, people started to respect us, and we we had people come up to us and say, you know, hey, you're the God person, aren't you? And start asking us questions, and we didn't even know them. So it was quite an amazing journey. But for me, uh, being filled with the Holy Spirit and just uh, knowing, it just I it felt like I, I felt God's heartbeat for the lost and for the world, and I knew that He wanted others to come to know Him too, and to come into His kingdom. And so I wanted to be a part of what God's doing. And so that was exciting. 
And that affirmation that comes. And, mm. uh, you know, if I'm just uh, sharing personally here and uh, very quickly, mm. uh, my early radio career was commercial radio. And right. I didn't think about Christian radio mm. until uh, in the early 90s. Mm. I was invited by a couple to come on a Sunday night radio program they were doing on a uh, on a com- community station in Melbourne. And I came okay. on and for about a year, every Sunday night, I was part of their team. And I realised... I had a gift of being able to share some insights into the issues they'd raise sure. and be able to be a communicator of the things mm. of God. And so mm. something then just, you know, the penny drops. Sure. And you recognize that you have yep. a gift and then you begin to pursue mm. those things the way God leads. We're coming back after news. Talk back line open. 1-800-316-316. How to avoid being the backside in the body of Christ. Stu Miller is with us, the founder of Train to Proclaim. Uh, Stu, uh, the backside in the body of Christ. Uh, some people might say, well, I want to be the backside, but I can't imagine that people will want to be the backside because that's sort of the backside. <laughs> that's, that's the least. Uh, that's why we've chosen that. Sure. Probably the least part of the body that we might want to be. Mm. Maybe somebody has to be that. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> I mean, some maybe let's ask that question. Uh, does somebody have to be the backside or is it just a voluntary <laughs> thing for the person who's sitting around? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I mean, when you look at the statistics from Campus Crusade for Christ, uh, they say that only 2% of Christians in the Western church are regularly sharing their faith. Now, the Great Commission is to go into all the world and reach the, uh, preach the gospel, and only 2% of Christians are regularly doing that. We've got a lot of people who are inactive, Neil, and uh, we've got to be able to rise up off our butts <laughs> and, you know, off our backsides and and, and get going. And so I, I saw a, ne- a, a meme that floated around Facebook for a while, and um, I thought it was just terrible. But it had a picture of a of a beautiful lady in a big long flowing dress, and she was sitting on this park bench. There was a tree beside it, you know, with leaves falling off it, and looked beautiful. And there was a sign beside her as she sat there looking up into the sky, and it said, "Waiting for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ." And a beautiful picture. And I just thought, that is not how it is. We're, we're not. <laughs> We're not supposed to be just sitting around waiting. Oh, when's Jesus going to come? When, when is he going to be? You know, uh, how long is it going to be until he arrives? You know, we're not just sitting here waiting for him to come. We've got a job to do. He's asked us to be a part of reaching out with the gospel and bringing people to Christ. Uh, you know, being a part of his kingdom. So. Uh, there's a certain sense in which uh, that woman staring into the sky, uh, she might be thinking, I'm being the knees, <laughs> you know, on the knees staring into the sky. I mean, uh, you know, uh, anyway, look, just before the news, uh, we were talking about uh, how the penny drops and you sure. recognize that you actually have a part in the body of sure. Christ. Yeah. Uh, and I was sharing a bit of my story and yes. saying, well, how did I uh, understand that I had a role to play uh, in Christian media? And sure. uh, and there is a sense in which uh, you do preparation to mm. serve in the body. Yeah. And sometimes the preparation that we do, it might be along the lines of, you know, attending Bible studies, might be attending part of a uh, a home group mm-hmm. might be as I'm exploring and wondering mm. where my real gifting lies that I actually go to Bible college. Mm. Uh, and these days, easier than it's ever been before. Now, yes. I went to Bible college as a young man, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't think I really knew where I was g- 
really fitting in the body of Christ, but sure. uh, but things start to come together when you start to do something a little bit deeper, take a proactive interest mm. in where you fit. This mm. has got to be an, an essential part of where we fit in the body. Yeah, and uh, and if you you're not sure. Uh, what you're meant to be doing. I, I liken it to a, a car where you're, you're sitting in the car and you're not going anywhere and you say, Lord, direct me, direct me, and he's turning the steering wheel, but the car's not going anywhere. Sometimes you've got to put your foot on the gas and actually go, you know, even if you're going in the wrong direction, he can always do a U-E, you know, and, and head you in the right direction. And I think, you know, doing Bible college course or, um, you know, some sort of a course, I mean, whatever your giftings lie in, Go for it with that and pray and ask the Lord to open doors and to shut doors and to direct your path and he will lead you. But you've got to you've got to make a start. You can't just pray all the time. It's got to be a mixture of action and prayer, I believe. We're taking calls 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call. Kevin is on the line from Parks in New South Wales. Hi, Kevin. Welcome. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you? <laughs> really well. Good, thanks, thanks, Kevin. What are your thoughts? Hi. I delight in your conversation. I think it's just fantastic. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was thank you. driving from Parks. I'm in Forbes now, and the time I was driving over, I had time to listen and, and think. And I thought every, every church, every every church needs like toes, like big toes, because they bring balance to the body. If without mm. toes, we sort of have a tendency to fall over. Mm. Um, I can speak from experience. When I first became a Christian at 22, I went absolutely nuts for God. I got I lived to share my faith. I'd share testimony probably 20 times a day with whoever, anybody, which was fantastic. But my work actually went downhill because I was so focused on evangelizing that I actually forgot about the work that I had to do during the day. So it actually went downhill and my boss had words to me and la, 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 la. So I, and I actually had people come around me and go, we, we need to work on your balance with work and evangelization. And are you meant to full-time to go full-time evangelist, but if you, you, know, if you want to stay with work, we need to work out a balance with that. Mm. And I actually did means to work out balance, and now I find myself um, being a big toe in um, especially young, new, fresh Christians' lives. I don't want to put the fire out, but I don't want to burn the church down either. So there's yeah. that balance there. Can you hear what I'm saying? Absolutely, yeah. And uh, but but I would say that it's a bit of a um, a problem for only a few people like yourself. Uh, the, the, I find most people, uh, you know, that the balance is the opposite way, where they're not doing any sharing of their faith or very little sharing of their faith, and we're trying to balance them up the other way. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but no, uh, right. yeah, but uh, it's exciting to hear that that you had to be pulled back from sharing yeah. your faith. You know, because um, obviously the passion's there, and you're feeling the heartbeat of God for the for the lost, and you want to you want to reach out, and and that's obviously still with you, which is fantastic. But balance is important. I think you're right. You know, and and, and I think yeah, it's a it's a marathon that we're running, and it's not a hundred meter sprint. And sometimes you know, particularly when we're first uh, saved, we become a Christian, we're just we we race in that hundred meter sprint. But we've got to get a bit of balance and go. Hey, let's let's be in this for the long haul. Let's be in the, for the marathon of life, and uh, and, and make the and go the distance. Kevin from Parks in New South Wales, thank you so much for your contribution. Our talkback line open 1-800-316-316, talking about how to avoid being the backside in the body of Christ. A number of comments coming through on Facebook, and I'll just uh, reflect on some of those for a moment. Adam says, I think it's fair to say the only time sitting on your backside is really okay is when the Lord asks you to be still before God. 
Mm. So he can have full control of our lives while we're sitting quietly. Mm. It's time to absorb his good news in the Bible, getting ready for the next step in walking with him. But to be blunt, we really need to be on our knees. Uh, What are your thoughts for Adam? Oh, I think that's excellent, Adam. And uh, you, you said before, is there a need for a backside in the body of Christ? Well, I think Adam's come up with it. <laughs> okay. I, I think it's absolutely true. And, and thinking about similar to, to what Kevin was saying, you know, and, and the whole marathon that we've got to race and having some balance, we can't be running hard out the entire time. We, we, we physically can't do that, Neil. And, you know, we, we need time where we need to sit and wait upon the Lord and be refreshed uh, ready to go, but it should be purposeful. I think everything we do should be purposeful towards the goal. Uh, even sitting around should be purposeful we, because we need to be rest and recuperate and re- be refreshed in order to to launch out again. Uh, one comment here that is defending the backside here. <laughs> uh, let me just ask. Uh, let me just uh, reflect what Sharon is saying. Uh, Sharon says, "Why do we need to avoid being the backside?" When talking about the church as a body, Paul says all the parts of the body are indispensable, Mm -hmm. including the less presentable parts, which are treated with special honor. The muscles of our physical backsides Mm -hmm. have a vital role in enabling us to stand and walk. The backsides in the church may be those who have gifts in hospitality, in serving others through providing morning teas, digging people's gardens and cleaning the toilets. They are every bit as important as our preachers and evangelists. So Mm. instead of avoiding our unsung backsides, uh, let's encourage and give them, uh, give thanks for them. Uh, Go backsides. So there's Sharon, (laughs) who's actually defending uh, people who are backsides. But I'm, uh, what what I've I've got a concern about this uh, is that those people who do dig the gardens, clean the toilets, uh, do the hospitality might not like to be called the backsides. That's right. (laughs) As long as as you're not the backsides. Slides, because uh, <laughs> there's a few backsliders as well. But uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, it's a fair, absolutely fair point, though. And uh, and every part of the body is important. And yeah, some of the muscles. Uh, I know I, I play squash, and um, when I haven't played for a while, and I have a game of squash. It's my backside that is the sorest afterwards because of all the lunging that you do. And so if you want balance, you've got to have uh, some strong muscles back there. (laughs) Uh, You know what? You're actually opening up a whole dimension on the body of Christ, uh, which we have not been able to touch on yet. And that is the idea Mm -hmm. of toning up. If you are any part of the body and uh, there are muscles involved in Mm. how the body moves, uh, but if you are one who has uh, gone to flab a little here and uh, in need of a little bit of toning up, uh, then there's, there's there's a message in there for us. Absolutely, and I, I think in, in our joking about the backside, it's not so much saying that, that one part of the body is not important, you know, which is obviously how um, it was portrayed there. But uh, we're really saying, look, we can't sit around and do nothing and just wait until Jesus comes again. I think that's that's the main point of what we're trying to say. Not saying that one part is not important because the backside has vital uh, muscles that will help us lunge and and get going and and walk and and stabilize. So we do need to tone up, Neil. When I haven't played squash for a while, I know that I'm unfit and uh, that's why I feel it and I'm sore and I never play as well as when I'm in peak uh, performance and, you know, and playing a lot and fit and I can just get to so much more ball and 
quicker around the court. And in our Christian life, we've got to be the same. If we're toned up, if we're we're fired up about God, we're we're uh, having daily quiet times. We're in God's presence. We're feeling His heartbeat for for lost people in our community. We're reading the Word, which is inspiring us, encouraging us. We just feel so much more fired up to to reach out and so much more confident in our day to day lives to share Christ as as we uh, as we go about our, our business. You know, I'm just reflecting on the context in which the Apostle Paul shares this idea about the body of Christ. And in the early part of the chapter there in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, he actually talks about the body of Christ and identifies Mm. some of the parts of the body. Now, let me just uh, read to you uh, from uh, verse uh, 28. Sorry, well, this is not, this is after uh, some of that other uh, information we've been talking about. Sure. And God has placed in the church, mm. first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of mm. guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. Mm. Uh, there's some context there around talking about the body. Mm. Uh, there's this idea too that you get some confusion, uh, body part confusion. Uh, which part am I? I mean, mm. uh, uh, then you've got one trying, one who's gifted in one area trying to uh, maybe either take up the slack because something's not happening somewhere else or mm. uh, or encroaching on somebody else's territory. Uh, this idea of being confused about uh, sure. what our part in the body is, that's got to be something we've got to work through. Mm. I think an important part of our Christian walk is to, to find our niche uh, what is it that God's gifted you with? How has He called you? You know, if, if you're really gifted in music, you know, get into music, you know, use it for God's glory. See how you can, uh, utilize music to, to reach out. Uh, if your gifting is in, uh, hospitality, how can you use that to, to invite some non-Christians around to your home, to, to embrace them, to be a part of their lives, to share Christ with them, to walk with them? They can see your life, you know. All of us, if we keep our eyes on the goal, and um, and I know that in every church, we, we have on our bulletins, on our newsletters, we've, we've normally got the the mission statement of the church. And I, Neil, I travel from church to church. We've trained people from over a hundred different denominations, and pretty much I can tell you what that mission statement's going to be on the you know of the church. It's something like knowing God and making Him known. It's a variation of that because we 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 know that our you know we should know God and we should you know make Him known. And around to the to our communities, and so if that's our goal, if that's what we're all working for, with all of our different gifts and abilities and talents that God's given us, um, we should all, whatever your gift, work towards that goal of seeing uh, the gospel go out there and disciples being made. Interesting when you say you've done training in more than a hundred denominations. Someone's going to say, uh, why are there a hundred denominations? That's a conversation for another day, except to say that you got an invitation from each one of those Mm. because the gifting that you carry in Mm. being able to prepare, equip and raise up evangelists sure. mm. uh, is because those hundred denominations actually recognize that there is mm. a goal yes. and that they do want to work towards that goal. And uh, why they might be called different denominations, that's, mm. uh, as I say, a story for another day. But 
they do have a common goal. They do. And I think, you know, the fact that, that there is so many denominations that all want to have training in how to communicate the gospel is that pastors are recognizing we've got this mission statement in our church, but it's not really authentically, measurably, uh, genuinely the mission of our church. It's only in writing only. We write it down. We know what we should be doing, but we're actually not accomplishing that. And the majority of our members are not reaching out into the community. And that's our mission as a church. So how do we mobilize our members? And that's a conversation I'm having as I travel around with pastors. How do you create a culture of evangelism within the church? How do we, how do we shift the, the culture to being more authentically uh, evangelistic and outreaching in nature, uh, and definitely, you know, if you're you're listening to this and you're saying, "Well, what can I do?" Uh, you know, I don't really want to go to Bible college. That, that's a, too much of a step. Why don't you start by learning, doing some smaller courses or seminars? I mean, you can certainly uh, learn how to use the G7 app that that we do. Mm-hmm. It's actually there's a tutorial. If you download it, you can get it from the Android or the app, uh, the Apple App Store. Um, just type in G7. You'll find it's a blue logo uh, called Gospel in Seven. Download the app, and within it, there's an internal tutorial. There's a 30 minute video that you can watch and learn how to use it. And just start being active and, and sharing your faith. Just start talking with people. Hey, I've learned this new app. Can can I show it to you? Away you go. And uh, you know, once you start taking some steps of faith, it's amazing what doors will open for you and what God will use you for. Uh, it'll be a, yeah. You'll be amazed. You know, great time of year, isn't it, to be talking about this because uh, we're approaching the end of another yes, year. Yes. And next year, it's almost like, you know, New Year comes around. Mm-hmm. Uh, churches get to a culmination at Christmas time and yes. celebration of Christmas, sure. the incarnation of Christ. And uh, it is a wonderful time and mm. a wonderful permission this year to just sure. be loud and proud and open with your Christian faith. But then we got the start of a new year that comes, and mm. oftentimes we talk about you know the way we plan our lives. Mm. And uh, the old year passes away, and you've got a new year ahead, and uh, you make resolutions, and you get a fresh new start. So mm. a good time to be talking about this because no doubt there'll be some listening who've been thinking, well. I've been the one who's been sitting around. I know mm. I've got some gifts I'm holding back. Yes. And uh, they know we're not being condemning when we talk about this. Sure. So I think uh, we hope that it's uh, uh, inspiration and encouragement mm. Mm. Uh, to, to move into something. So, Absolutely. So the idea of mm. thinking of a new year, uh, mm. wondering where you fit in your local church, who would you talk to in your local church mm. that might be able to give you some wise counsel, do you think, Stu? Do you advise people on this sort of thing? Um, well, I mean, definitely your, your pastor or some key people that you respect in your church, some elders, or they don't even need to be on, on leadership. There, there's there's uh, wise people in churches all over the place that, uh, you know, someone that you trust and know that, that uh, is a, a godly person. Have a chat with them. See if they, you know, because often other people see things that you don't see and they will have insights that you don't have uh, because you're locked into your world and sometimes the, the blinders are on, you know. Uh, the blinkers are on, whatever the expression is, <laughs> and um, yeah, other people see things and they say, you know what, you're you're really good at this, or you you really excel at this. Why don't you you do some study on this, or why don't you you know move into this area? 
Well, you know, there could be this confusion thing here too because I might feel like I'm uh, the person who should be up front, but uh, nobody else is saying that. That's right. Uh, you know, sometimes that's the case, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, that, you know, maybe we've got tickets on ourselves uh, thinking sure. that maybe we should be doing, you know, we should be the, you know, the primary teacher in the church, but sure. uh, but others are not seeing that gift in us. It's got to be a little bit of realism here and, uh, and just be ready to take a realistic mm-hmm. look at what you are gifted in, mm-hmm. but that isn't really the end of the story because you can prepare and train and you can become uh, equipped to be able to serve in a certain area that you want to serve in. Yep, You can do things that you never, ever thought you could do. Uh, With God's help and uh, with hard work and preparation, you can accomplish uh, amazing things, um, it, people that wouldn't believe that it would be possible. But at the same time, wise counsel is a fantastic thing as well and, and uh, getting a reality check from people and just saying, hey, just be honest, what, what, what do you think? Where, where, do you, where can you see me going in, in the body of Christ and, 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 and the mission that God's given us? Uh, where, where do you think my part is? But finding your niche is important. I mean, uh, you know, I, I know we're sharing the gospel. You know, a lot of people go, well, what, what are you talking about? Standing on a street corner and yelling at people or knocking on doors? That, that would freak me out. I, I, I can't do that. I know some people were gifted in that, but I can't do that. But this is what I mean. Like, find, how, how are you going to do it? We've all got to find our way. I know that, um, I mean, there's a friend of mine who was right into fish and, uh, you know, he wasn't really all that keen on going out on the streets, but he was selling fish on gum tree. He bred them in his garage and, you know, put them in, into tanks and all the rest of it. And so he regularly had people coming around and buying fish off him. And so he had the G7 and as people came around, he would have chat to them about fish and there was a connection there and they would have a good yarn, you know, and how many fish you got, what fish varieties have you got? And they're both, you know, into it and, you know, they'd buy some off him. And then he says, hey, before you go, you know, can I show you something, you know? And it, it would just take him through a presentation of the gospel. So for him, that was his niche. That's, that's what he enjoyed. He was gifted at it. And that was a great way of connecting with people and sharing the gospel. So, you know, there's so many, such a variety of, of ways out there, but it's just what finding your niche. It may not be standing on a street corner, you know, or, or <laughs> you know, street evangelism or whatever, but, you know, and in saying that, though, a lot of people would think that they, they can't do that, and once they actually do it, they find it's not actually as hard as or scary as they think. Uh, it's a wonderful way of, of uh, sharing the gospel with people. You so. know, my, my wife and I were out uh, Shopping for a toaster okay. just a, a week yep. ago, and uh, the saleswoman in the store that we were in mm-hmm. uh, used the opportunity to direct the conversation to the church that she was a part of, and she used uh, our search for a toaster to really draw attention to the fact that she goes to church and she's raising her family and she's sending her children to a Christian school, and uh, really her whole motivation was to really be a you know, mm. a, a, a city on a hill that can't be hidden, yeah. a light that was shining in the darkness. And uh, so honour to that lady. Yeah. We have run out of time, Stu Miller. I always enjoy our conversations, mm. and I know listeners uh, will have been hanging on those words too. And a little bit of fun around the concept today of discussing how we might avoid being the backside in the body of Christ. But uh, to be able to bring out all of those dimensions, just wonderful. Mm. Let me point people to the website, train2proclaim.com. 
That's where you can connect with Stu Miller, doing some wonderful work with Train to Proclaim and extending the ministry into India now. And uh, what an awful lot of people there are in India that are going to have wonderful <laughs> access uh, to the G7 app that you can download on the Train to Proclaim website. Stu, enjoy our conversations. This will be the last one for this year, but we'll look forward to connecting again in the new year. Uh, thanks so much for being part of 2020 today. Thank you, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.